Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. The difference between occasional runners and lifelong runners might just be the methods they use to get their body to repair and recover after a hard effort. In life, the ability to get knocked down and get back up again is usually what separates success and failure stories. And if you ignore the obvious and don't adjust your plan to recover each week from trying very hard, regardless of whether we're talking about running or in business, you edge closer to burnout or significant injury. I think we're all pretty aware of why we need to recover after things get difficult, but very few of us know how. Here to answer all of your questions and mine is Irish Olympic silver, me- silver medalist, world champion, all round legend, my coach and yours, Sonia Sullivan in Australia. How are you? I'm good. Good to be back. And this is a great topic. I'm really looking forward to this tonight. Yeah, a lot of excitement about this. It's safe to say, though, that our January running event that you designed for the listeners was a massive hit. The challenge to run your best time on your local loop. There was more than 100 entrants over on Strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad. And obviously others who aren't on that who joined as well. We had a load of donations to our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie. Thank you, everyone. Jigsaw.ie are the National Centre for Youth Mental Health in Ireland. And I'd imagine a lot of soreness on Sunday. Thanks to everyone who took part and especially to those who donated, I have to say. Loads of people came to my own page on idonate.ie and donated. But Sonia, is there is there something about an event like that where you're really pushing yourself for your best? You're reaching very deep inside to produce a, at a level uh, of your that it just produces a mental and a physical fatigue that's not like anything else. Well, I think, you know, once you commit and you sign up to an event, then when you go out for that run, you go with a bit of purpose. Mm. And, you know, while you're out there, you might change how you're feeling and stuff. But I think you're always going to finish strong. And you're you've always got in the back of your mind that, you know, you're you've got to report in. And there's people going to be checking on how you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, the better you do it, the more satisfied you'll be. And, you know, your your day and your weekend will be a lot better if you actually know that you've put in a good effort. And, you know, I mean, you do have to take into account the conditions and, you know, it may not be the perfect day for you. Mm. But I think it's the satisfaction of knowing that you've tried hard rather than the actual numbers and the result that will, you know, give you satisfaction and make you feel good it, yourself. And And I think that's really important for people is to have 
as well as the competitive side of things and the comparing and looking what other people are doing is when you have that kind of personal sense of achievement that, you know, you're satisfied with what you've done yourself and you feel like you've put in a good effort, even though it may not look like that, you know, on paper. Hmm. Um, the numbers might not add up, but when you know that you've been out there and you've been trying hard and you've been giving it everything into the wind and the rain, you know, you come home satisfied and you know on a better day that you'll run a better time. So yeah, there's and, loads and of room for improvement for people. And that and that really must help with recovery is just knowing, just mentally knowing, well, I did, I did my best against the odds and people really were against the odds. We have to give a big shout out to everybody that took part in this event in Ireland and England specifically and Scotland and Wales, of course. I mean, the weather was... <laughs> Biblical, Sonia, you've no idea. All I could think when I was heading out into the snow, literally I'm being pelted with snow going out the door. It crossed my mind as I was, you know, holding up the jigsaw T-shirt. Where is Sonia running hers? <laughs> In a singlet and shorts down by the beach, no doubt. I was just uh, I felt really hardcore. That was the other that was the only benefit of it. Loads of people said that they felt like the great lad getting out there and ploughing through the rain. And you get a lot of people nodding to you going, fair play to you. Uh, <laughs> don't know how you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of the fun of it. But Lord God, Sonia, the 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 times that people ran, anyone who ran a PB in those conditions on these two islands should be so proud of themselves. At one point, I went up the hill at the back of St. Albans and, you know, the expression that wind had cut you in two. That's what it felt like. Like it felt like part of my face was coming off. It was so bad. So a personal best event on personal worst weather conditions. And yeah, I did have the buzz the next day. I'm sure loads of people did. But we're going to get into recovery and all the basics and the fine details. But I will say this before we get to that, that Mikey, my son, was huge in my recovery because the very next day he cycled alongside me for our first ever Mikey cycles while I run 5k. And what we did, what he did was help me maintain the same pace, which is a difficult thing for me. I, I somehow get carried away every time we've talked about that. But I came back and I felt a million dollars having gone out feeling like shit. <laughs> and that little recovery run the next day was immense. That's not a trick or anything. It is a sign. That's just a really good idea to do an easy 5K the next day. Oh, 100 percent. And, you know, I think the, the recovery isn't just physical, but mental as well. And I think when you go out with the mindset that this run is going to be an easy run, you're really not trying to get anything out of it because you've nothing to prove because you've proved everything the day before in your hard effort. So mm. this is just all about enjoying it. And, you know, it's the perfect opportunity to go for one of those runs that you call the, the conversation pace run. Yeah. And you just go out for a chat and you're not worried about, you know, what's on your watch. Uh, you're just going around the block, you know, um, enjoying it. And, you know, I suppose surprising yourself that you can actually come back feeling better than you thought mm. you would feel because after a race or a big effort you always do have that extra bit of stiffness and achiness and you know mentally I think you know there's a bit of a letdown because you've been really looking forward to this you put in the big effort and then 
it's like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> and so there's that really kind of, it's like it's drained out of you, all the energy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to get yourself up again and do something the next day because you know you have to. You just It's that thing you kind of have to keep moving to keep the momentum going. Absolutely. And, but, but I think to be able to take your foot off the pedal and ease back on the pace, both mentally and physically, it really rejuvenates you and it kind of makes you feel like, oh, wow, that was half decent. Yeah, I and didn't I die. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I guess when when we started rolling along, Mikey on the bike and me there, I was like, this just doesn't feel good. But as soon as the blood gets going, it, 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 you're right. That feeling of, ah, I'm, I'm still alive and <laughs> the legs still <laughs> still work is extraordinary. So, like I said, we are going to get to this and into great detail on this and we have some extraordinary questions Sonia and I just before we came on air we're talking about the quality of some of the questions in the Strava group on this topic when I put it out there last night and some of your own life hacks we we love hearing them so irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com is the place to send any that you have after this episode please do send this will be an ongoing discussion I'd imagine because it's just so crucial but shout out to everyone who who commented and contributed in the Stravic group from Rachel Calvi to Elaine DeCourcy Sarah Kelly Polinio Keith O'Connell Brian Phelan and many, many more. Uh, I don't have time to go through all the names, but if we don't get to shout you out in, in in here, then just know that we've read them all and they're fantastic, all of them. And if you're not in the group, you really, you really should, even if you don't want to post your runs. It's just a great place to get info. But Sonia, you suggested having a quick look at the training plan, which I know a lot of listeners are mad keen on. People like Neil Fusco, who are at, kind of started this at the same time as me, mad keen to keep dipping back into the the training plan and discussing where to next. Well, I think, you know, when you go to where to next, it's always a good idea to look back as well and kind of look at, you know, what was your favorite run last week or what run gave you the most satisfaction? And, um, Mm. you know, as much as you were talking about the biblical conditions, I actually had a bit of a, a torrential downpour on Friday and had to move on my days around because, I'm kind of at the point now where, you know, I don't want to go out there doing a session running up and down hills where you're stopping and walking down and it's pouring rain. So, you know, if it's pouring rain, I'm going to put it off on the next day (laughs) when it's a bit nicer. And I think also it helps by the fact that, you know, where I'm living now in Port Melbourne, it's very flat. So I have to make a bit of an effort to go to a hill. And my plan I went to bed Thursday night and um, I was going to ride my bike over to the Albert Park Lake, mm. lock it up and then run to Faulkner Park, which has a nice hill. And I, normally it's like the one night I went to bed and I didn't check the weather. <laughs> so in my mind, I had this set up. Yeah. And then I got up the next day and it was just absolutely, you know, 100 percent rain. Like proper as they Irish say rain. On the, uh, <laughs> proper Irish rain but it was warm rain I suppose so I can't really complain you know? so <laughs> yeah. I was happy to go out and, and report that the drainage is very bad in Port Melbourne there's <laughs> puddles everywhere yeah. so um, you know once you step in that first puddle you just keep going so that was a bit of a it was a fun run it was a bit of an exhilarating run for me to just running in the rain and enjoying it you know and absolutely soaked you know I, I came back afterwards and 
Mick and Winnie were out there and he let her off the lead at one point to run back with me. And then we ended up in the park running around circles in this small field because I thought I've got to wait for him to come back because I want to go in the back door so I can take all my clothes off before I go in <laughs> because I'm soaked. <laughs> Uh, so that was uh, so thankfully it was a warm rain run but it was very good and then I had to put off my jigsaw PB loop and uh, of course I've got lots of different home loops these days with Mm. moving houses and uh, finally did it at the beach today this is the sundial loop is what I call it and I thought it was just one of these normal hour loops that I do Mm -hmm. on an easy day you know where there's no session involved it's not a long run it's not a short run it's a decent hour um but it took me 66 minutes and um yeah it was a little bit longer than i thought but still very enjoyable because i had that i went out with a sense of purpose yes of kind of you know i wanted to see how far the loop was how fast it was and i had done it a few times before and um you know i was happy enough because i was trending faster according to that little thing on Strava. Have you seen that one? Uh, Where it tells you what what you've done the loop in previous times. Well, there's a little graph thing and when it's it's on the front page, I think. And if you've done the loop a few times before, it'll tell you if you're trending faster, the same or slower. (laughs) I don't know if it tells you you're slower, but it it will. I look you up now and see what what you've got there. But uh, you know, it's always, you know, when you get a bit of a positive reinforcement, you feel like you've actually put in a, a bit of an effort and uh, you weren't out there just jogging around. So that was my, I suppose, satisfaction of the the Jigsaw PB loop. And I've got it marked now and set for, for the next time. Yeah, well, we definitely have to come back to it. I mean, that's that's the whole beauty of that. And the way it took off as a as an idea, I think everybody got on board with just the idea the sense of running your own race and not this demoralizing experience of seeing exactly how slow you are compared to other people over whatever distance that might be and or the pressure if you're somebody who's running super fast to suddenly hold up this standard to a bunch of strangers. The PB thing was such a great idea on your part because it did let just like the jigsaw mantra we're all running our own race and nobody knows what our PB is. <laughs> to an extent, it's it's down to you. We need to find something else. We need to find our next event to be uh, similarly imaginative and capable of capturing people. And um, someone suggested in the group, I'm not sure who it was, the idea of scaling the, the elevation. It was Brian Phelan. Try scaling your local high point. I wonder if we could get a sense from people listening to this, if that's a, an event they'd be into, because obviously there are restrictions on us. Certainly where I live with the 5K radius around my house that I can't leave in lockdown, I, I don't know where I'd find the highest point, although I have found a hill in the park, but I don't know. What 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 would that event even look like, Sonia? Yeah, I think we'll have to have a little bit of think about this because, um, yeah, I suppose people live in different places and the elevation is, um, I mean, running hills is very good for people and it's something that is definitely challenging no matter where you are to find a hill and to go and run up it. So, I mean, your hill could be 100 metres or it could be 5K, depending on where you live and how you want to challenge yourself. 
but I, I think it's a good idea. I yeah. think it's a good idea to look around and um, I think we should have a proper chat about it next week. Maybe we'll uh, yeah, so maybe investigate you... it a little bit more and see how we might be able to, to manage that. Um, maybe, you know, I need to see what's a realistic amount of elevation mm. to include in, say, a 5 or a 10K run um, that, you know, it's we could do something like people do. I don't know if you've heard of this thing called Everesting. No. Now, we won't be Everesting because that would be, um, <laughs> we'd be there all day and night. But cyclists do that where they go up and down a hill until they reach the height of Everest. Oh, so Lord. maybe we could pick a more <laughs> realistic running hill like Arthur's Seat or something like that. Yeah. Or Crocpatrick. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose an iconic um, Irish hill would be perfect. Get the height of that. Yeah. And then see if we can run that elevation in one run oh wow now that and sounds like a challenge like right? some people will do it on a if you do it a less steep hill you'll have to run further but if you go up and down a shorter hill it'll be tough yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and you have to be careful coming back down because uh, the run running down it's not a good idea to run super fast downhill over and over again if you're in a race or an event then it's of course you take advantage of the downhill but well, when you're doing hill repeats, normally you would walk down or go very slowly down. Um, so, yeah, we can we can work on something like that. Well, uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out here to Ashling de Maison, who is has created runninghome.ie. I, I know that this is a, this is not something we're going to do a, for one event, but it is. It is a pretty cool thing that she's come up with here. And the idea is that Irish people abroad will try and cover the distance home over a period of time. And it starts today, February 1st, as we're recording this and we're calling all Irish people, she says, living abroad to uh, to challenge our COVID restrictions and try to run home virtually. On March 17th, 2021, we're all going to run together, she says, runninghome.ie. It's a pretty cool idea and you can register there and just have that going in the background and raise some uh, some money and do this, this kind of plan. You can run alone or with the team or other Irish people from your country and you'll get home sooner than you thought. I mean, it is it's such a nice idea that the more people you idea. gather, yeah, the more people you gather, the quicker you'll get home because the the better ground, the more ground you cover. Uh, that's Ashling de Maison. And just to remind you again, it's runninghome.ie and they are on Facebook and Instagram. In terms of my own training, uh, Sonia, you know, I did have that blip and I I looked back through the training. And this does tie back into recovery that when I had that little hip blip where I was like, what have I done here? Why is that sore? There was a week when I did way more and you had been saying, and I think a couple of people had said to me, only increase by 10 percent each week. And you can actually see it if anyone wants to see it or anyone has the time in their hands or wants to look at this, that I, I spiked on a week in January where I just did a little bit too much and pretty much like clockwork, my body went no, thank you. That's that's too much of an increase. It's so funny that your body will tell you in that situation that you're that I was veering off the path that you had built from day one, which was very slow, incrementally building the base so that we can get to where we want to go. What do you advise, though, there 
in terms of recovery where somebody feels like I overdid it. I have that maybe they did their PB event and they went, I, I've, I've done too much here. What do they do now? Well, I think that's the benefit of having a training diary and, you know, you have the instant training diary on Strava. You know, you can go back and look over your week and as you say, you can see the spikes and I know I had a spike myself last week. I got up there around 78 kilometers. I don't know how I did it. Um, <laughs> that was the, the most I've run in a long time. So I will definitely have to be careful this week not to injure myself, I suppose. That's always the, the fear we all have. And is that the trick, um, just scale it right we, back the next week? Not right back, no. I think just to be aware of your body and any little niggles that start to you know, make themselves heard, I think you have to pay attention to them. Hmm. And, um, you know, not just keep pushing on because uh, it's very easy, of course, to get trapped into running so much. And, you know, the more you run, the better you do feel. I know, you know, when I was training for the marathon in 2015, I think it was for Dublin Marathon, and I was averaging 90 kilometers a week. Now, this is, you know, it's not not nowhere near as much as I, I used to do years ago. But for that time in my life and what I was doing, it was pretty good and it was very consistent and I got really fit. So I was thinking, you know, we'll have to start looking at how many kilometers that you're running now mm. and, you know, gradually start to increase them up a bit. You, um, you were at, at one point, steady, though, Sonia, running 160 kilometers a week. Is that correct? I was, but that was when I was very light and efficient and, you know, my feet weren't touching the ground. <laughs> That's bananas. I was floating like, along like then. I remember reading that in the book and going, what? Like, that's obviously a two a day job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's two a day every day and then one long run on the Sunday. So, <sighs> yeah, it's very consistent, you know an hour in the morning, 30 to 40 minutes in the evening, and then, you know, sessions and hills and everything else thrown in uh, with that. But it's just, you know, you just get used to doing it and it becomes routine and, you know, your it's your whole life, you know. Mm. But it, again, <laughs> there is always this moment in this show, I find, where I hear something like that and I go, how dare I <laughs> have to recover from my <laughs> puny little runs? But again everyone's different and I'm certainly like, do you remember what weight you were at that time? I would say I was probably, um, I was probably about at least five kilograms lighter than I would be now. Yeah. I think. A whip So, and you know, and it was quite natural. Like I wasn't, I wasn't making weight or anything yeah. like that. That was just natural from, from doing that training and from racing. And whereas now I kind of, you know, live, like a normal person and, you know, eat and drink normal and train at a normal rate, you know, like an hour a day is kind of normal for most people mm. of activity, not necessarily yeah. running an hour a day. Um, yeah. And it's funny when I, when I did my uh, sub 25 K there recently, I actually felt pretty good doing it. And I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, if, if I was to lose a few kilograms, I could probably do this much easier. And uh, so I was half thinking about doing a bit of an experiment and I might, I'm still kind of thinking about it for February because you see in, in Australia, February is January. 
because the holidays are over now and it's time to get serious. <laughs> but where the hell would and, you lose you know, weight from, Sonia? You, <laughs> you look so uh, tiny as it is that like that is a mad thought. That, like, yeah. what, what would you even do? Would that just be a case of cutting out treats and stuff? And it, would that solely be per, for the purpose of speed? Yeah, it would just be for the f- purpose of efficiency, I think, and just feeling lighter and more efficient running. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if it would work or not. And, um, you know, because I see people who are my age and, you know, similar running and they obviously run at a higher level. But I see, you know, they're definitely, you know, much more focused and have a more athlete's body. Mm. And I kind of think, no, I can't go down that road again. That's way too serious. But I'm kind of thinking, what if I was to just do a little bit, kind of just make a (laughs) couple of slight little adjustments Mm. just to see. Yeah, I'm just curious to see if it make a difference or not. Because I actually felt really good when I ran that last run. Is there a little bit of you? Yeah. But I wonder, is there a little bit of you, though, that goes like the, the fatigue that you have just from the career? That like, is there is there, this is just a side question outside of what this episode is about. But is there a little bit of you after devoting your life to that, that the way A.P. McCoy, when I when I talk to him, he really loves Kit Kats. <laughs> I think he's there's a part of him that can't go on another diet because he's just like, no, 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 I've done that. I've done enough of that in my life. Is there a little bit of that with you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely love to have like treats and stuff. And, you know, I remember when I was talking about mince pies before. Oh, yeah. And you hadn't even started yet. And I was having one every night (laughs) (laughs) with with cream, you know, (laughs) just enjoying life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, just little things like that, that you don't feel guilty about having Mm. a treat or some ice cream or, you know, it's just normal stuff. But you know, when you come from an athlete's mindset and these things were kind of off limits, so you didn't even consider them mm. to then enjoying them, then you kind of think, oh, well, if I just cut these things out for a month, will it make a difference? Mm. But then I'll be really looking forward to getting back to them again. Well, in March. Well, what about, what, hey, here's an idea. What about we do it for Lent? Oh, like actually, oh, that's a great idea. And we, then we do an Easter Sunday event. Like I'm literally thinking this stuff out loud right now. Right. And I don't know what, uh, you know, everyone's uh, religious breakdown is. But even if we just use that term, that 40 days and 40 nights uh, to do this and just see how everybody fares, <laughs> that we just go. Yeah, well, that's great. I, I know I did this. Oh, I can't remember what year it was, but I read it might have been 2008. It seems it's a long time ago now, but it was before I was running the Boston Marathon. And yeah, I had no alcohol and no um, desserts for yeah Lent. And that was I. and I think what happened was I committed to doing it with a friend of mine who was also running the Boston Marathon. And I think when you commit to do it with somebody else, then you have you feel a bit more ownership of it and you're less likely to kind of, you know, break break the fast yeah once you have one once you have one treat then you kind of think ah, i can have another yeah. and then but i think <laughs> if you can if you can stick to it for as long as you can then i think it's easier yeah than to be kind of breaking in every now and then well we're gonna have so when does a, lent start so lent starts <laughs> i'll just pull it up here 
Lent. I have been, well, Easter is early. So yes. it must be fairly soon. So, so we're, it's actually, we're two weeks <laughs> away from Ash Wednesday, uh, which is the 17th of February. Pancake Tuesday is the 16th. So enjoy your pancakes on the 16th. I think we do this. Now, the question is, Sonia, I, first of all, I love the casual throw in of when I was running the Boston Marathon. So cool. <laughs> that has to be said. Uh, but the second thing is, do we give people a break on St. Patrick's Day? That's the question. Oh, we'll have to have a break here and there. <laughs> yeah, St. Patrick's Day. If you didn't give people yeah, we'll St. Patrick's Day, well, I don't think anybody would make it. Yeah, well, you know the way you can sometimes have a, like, you know, you, you're you really focused on your, your diet, your exercise, your nice routine throughout the week. And then you can have a, a cheat day on the weekend. So mm. then I think if you have assigned cheat days and everybody's in on these, then you know, they're kind of like little mini breaks along the way. And as long as there's not too many of them, then that's okay. So we can have St. Patrick's Day and then there's probably Mother's Day might be in there as well. Oh, I think that Um, might be an Australian Mother's Day uh, because uh, the Mother's Day here falls at a different time as far as I'm... I thought it was always... I thought Mother's Day in Ireland, Mother's Day in Ireland is in Lent, I'm sure. Okay, let me check that. Irish Mother's Day (laughs) (laughs) uh, is on, you're right, the 14th of March. How did I not know that? Be killed. Oh, wow. That's have it in the diary and everything. It's jumping up and down. (laughs) If Tina's listening to this, I knew that. I did. I had it in the diary. Um, uh, Right. Okay. so let's get back to our recovery and I'll get setting up the the Lent event, (laughs) as, as we'll call it. Let's break this into categories in terms of the recovery. Let's go. Let's go. Fundamental basics to start with. What would be the four absolute Sonia Sullivan musts if you're going to recover well from heavy exertion? Well, I think the first thing you can do when you recover is to stretch as soon as you stop. Like you've got to do something before you walk in the door. I think as soon as you walk in the door of your house, the run is over mm. and the, the exercise is over. And now it's a lot easier, of course, to do this when the weather is decent than in the middle of winter. So today, after I did my, my lap around today, and I'd, I had also done a long run yesterday, so I knew I was going to be pretty tired or, you know, I'd have all these aches and pains and stuff. So I just stopped and I did my famous stretch, which... I will have to post a picture, I think, in the in the group because it's hard to explain it. But what it does, it's a stretch for your your glutes and it's definitely your glutes and your maybe your hamstrings. And so it's one way you kind of squat down and you just kind of like opening up all those kind of areas that can get tight when you're running. So you in a sitting squat? It's kind. I'm not. You're not sitting, but you're. Yeah, it's it's like you're squatting down, and you're. But you. What I find a really good way to do it is if you can do it where you can hold on to something. Yeah. So that then you can actually stretch your back, and you can stretch your your hips, and your glutes, and your hamstrings, and your quads, and it's just one of those things. It's just, it's quite a relaxing thing to do. It's like a bit of a yoga squat, I suppose, is okay. what it would be. We'll and just hold that for a group. while and then kind of, I will post up the picture. It's a famous one. It's in my running book. Um, mm. I'll have to find it. 
but I find that's always a good starting point for me to stretch. And then okay. once I do that, I've kind of committed to a bit of a stretch before I go inside. And then I just do a few more hmm. other stretches for about five minutes, like not for a very long time. Just it comes up over and over. Out a little bit. Yeah. You see this thing of stretching it out a little bit. We can, I think it was one of the first things we discussed was the debate over stretching and how <laughs> I had no idea that there was any discussion over whether it was good for you or not. But I always get this question of, well, which stretches do I do? Now, the first thing you mentioned there of uh, any type of squat and any type of hip opener for me is scary. Uh, it, it fills me with dread because I'm pretty sure I've re I've done damage to my hips by doing those stretches incorrectly. It'd be great to get a kind of definitive five stretch guide for the absolute must post run. Maybe we could include those in the post in the group. Yeah, we can do that. And I, I think that's the other thing is that we are all individual and we all probably need to stretch out different parts of our body. So runs will affect people differently and people might get stiffer, sore in different areas. Mm. And so I think you have to find what works for you and what's the exercise or the stretch that kind of, you know, if I do this, I won't be so stiff after my run. And, you know, in the wintertime, it's probably a good idea. You could do some of these stretches in the shower even, you know, as long as Jesus. you're not going to be on one leg and slipping around the place. <laughs> well, that's, that's my first thought. I was like, well, my, somebody, who is it? Uh, Elaine de Corsi su suggested in the group, the Epsom salt bath is your only man. Now, I said to Elaine, my bath is so small, I can barely get my legs into it. That uh, If I was trying to do a stretch in the shower, Sonia, you could have a case on your hands there. Sonia Sullivan said I should do a quad stretch in the shower. Make sure you put down the mat, you know, those old the little rubber mat, yeah, and you need to have the handrail like the, the rubber mat so you don't slip. Yeah, Jesus, I would, I don't think I've ever yeah, tried to stretch in the first. shower. Oh. Make sure you can hold on. <laughs> okay, well, well, that's the first. But the warm water would be good. The warm water would help, but I don't know if, like, I mean, I, I fall getting out of the thing. <laughs> Uh, I still have to step over the edge of the bath. That's the other thing I have to do. I don't have a, a massive shower. So the stretch is like absolute fundamental basic. And I have to say I'm not brilliant at doing it. I do what I tend to do is a lunge on each side with varying knee level drop height. So the further I I raise my back knee, in that lunge, the better calf stretch I'm getting. And then I'll tend to do the quad, you know, the hold, hold the hold the foot up mm -hmm. while leaning on the on the fence. Yeah. And honestly, Sonia, I tend to leave it at that. Am I running the risk of uh, of injury by doing that? Is this, is this among the dumbest things that you've heard me say? Well, no, they, they might be your exercises that you need to do. You know, the way sometimes you crave certain foods because you really need them. And mm. but the exercises like your go to exercises might be the areas that you feel. And this could be subconsciously as well. You feel oh, I've got to stretch that out. Mm. And you don't, it's just pure laziness on you. You automatically go. I honestly <laughs> these, like <laughs> same stretches. Yeah, no, but I just tend to be like partially because it's so cold. And partially because stretching so uh, when the shower is there, it's the last thing you want to do. You just want to get out of the manky clothes and get showered off. Is there is there an argument for 
stretching post shower like actually getting on your next set um, of gear and stretching then a foam rolling then yeah definitely in the winter time i think that's a good idea because what you do want to get warm you don't want to be hanging around in your in your wet and cold clothes mm. so you could have your shower and then maybe while you're preparing your something to eat and your cup of tea while you're waiting for the kettle to boil you could do a few exercises yeah. a few stretches so you say there the the cup of tea and the and there's something to eat afterwards i guess that's probably going to be number two, is it, to refuel within half an hour? Yeah, and I think if you can have a drink ready, you know, so if you've made up your drink before you go out and it's ready and waiting when you come in, you're more likely to drink it. And this is particularly in the wintertime because oftentimes you can forget to drink cold drinks in the wintertime mm. because by the time you come in, get warmed up, you might have a cup of tea and then you forget that you haven't drank that much water. So I always like to have a, a drink bottle full of um, some kind of an electrolyte drink if it's just an easy run. Um, And then if it's been a hard run, then I might throw in some carbohydrate and protein type of drink. And, you know, I just pick up a sachet. I think we spoke about this before. You know, whatever I'm kind of liking at that time, you know, when you go into the the health shop or the, the sports shop and, you know, whatever you pick up that you like the taste of and you feel that it kind of re-energizes you and it gives you that little bit of a buffer before you actually have something to eat because often after running you don't feel very hungry immediately but it's good to get some kind of fuel inside you um, to have that absorbing into you and you know you're getting some kind of nutrients in while you're deciding what you're going to eat. I'm glad you said that because honestly I do struggle with Oh, and now I've got to eat something with a spoon. Uh, and you said that that was a that was a good way to look at look at what you consume after running uh, way, way back. Is that usually it's something that you need a utensil to eat. That's that's a better food than something you don't. And something with a bit of preparation is a good way of of guiding you. But I just sometimes my body just doesn't want it. It just doesn't want, you know, to chew or swallow anything of any great size. And uh, the protein shake and recovery shake question came up in the group again in some of the questions that we received. People were mad keen to know what your suggestions would be on this subject, because some people, I think, are afraid of having, uh, as David Kelly said, uh, you know, the mix of carbs and protein is like, what's the right mix? I use a Kinetica recovery supplement. It's the only supplement I would use, he says. And I find it great to speed up recovery process from a hard session. Like, what are the general guides for this in terms of making yourself a shake? Because I do think that's something I'd be into, given that I'm not mad into eating afterwards. Yeah, well, I think a lot of those drinks, you know, the the powders and sachets that you can buy, a lot of them are, they're very similar. And, you know, you you just tend to find the one that you like the taste of best or the one that mixes well, because some of them, they don't mix very well. All right. If you can get them into some kind of a shaker thing. Yeah. And you just shake it up and down. Nutri-Bullet. And and, and I find, (laughs) oh, there you go. (laughs) We don't have it anymore. It's long gone. But yeah, they got. But you some can just get these plastic lumpy. things. You can get these plastic container things, and there's a little thing in the top, and mm-hmm. then you shake it up and down, and it somehow 
there's something in there that breaks up the powder with the water and it makes it nice and smooth. So those are pretty good. Okay. And they can be pretty satisfying to have one of those after your run. I okay. Mean, I, I, but it's one of those things that you get in the routine and the habit of doing it. And I've definitely been out of the habit of that for a while. Mm-hmm. I get into it sometimes if I do really long bike rides. Um, I kind of feel like I don't do enough to really need those at the moment. Um, so I just stick with the electrolytes and then I go straight into, you know, having some fruit salad. Remind like me remind me of what was the elixir of life juice that Simon Egan said made his eyes pop out of his head when he drank it. It was something it was it was honey lemon. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but you said you didn't need to buy electrolytes. You could just do this. And oh, this is the one that I was making myself. Is yes. It? Yeah. Remind yeah. us of that one, because, again, oh, yes. a lot of people was... are on a budget here. Yeah, so that was just the lemon juice. So you squeeze a lemon, lemon, uh, water, water, yeah, a lemon, yeah, yeah. I'm just taking it down. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if we're off the gin and tonics, and there's some limes lying around, you can use them. Okay, good. You're not allowed to use up the limes, and some maple syrup, oh, yeah. a spoon of maple syrup, and and some salt. Okay. And so, depending on the size of your shaker or whatever you're making in it, and the amount of water you have, you'll have to kind of adjust the levels. Um, and, you know, the lemons are all different sizes as well. So, if you have a lot of lemon juice, it's going to be pretty bitter. So, you'll have to add a little bit more sweet and a bit more salt to get yeah. the balance right. It sounds like that's what happened to Simon. <laughs> he got the mixture on. <laughs> It shouldn't feel like it's coming out your eyes, Simon. <laughs> it well, should if you go have too down much easy. salt or too much lemon, then it's like yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. It will feel that but way. Then you have to keep, you have to keep tasting and changing and adding and very good, <laughs> making it up to your right taste. Okay, yeah. well, that's... but then if you do have a nutri, if you do have a nutri bullet, then you can, you know, you can do a bit of a shake in there. Like, have you heard of this stuff called? A-C-A-I. Yes. Acai, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And it, it tastes horrible. But if you add a banana to it and water, a bit of vanilla, cinnamon, and just keep adding things into it. It eventually really doesn't good. taste like I, what it tastes like. Yeah. It, it doesn't taste like acai, acai yeah. or whatever it is anymore. So let's so that, but, that's the two. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think I think it's got some like pretty good health benefits. Um, apparently and you feel like when something doesn't really taste that good but you're making it taste good that there must be something good in it you know? <laughs> there must be something good not, in it yeah yeah nothing that's good nothing that's good for your taste good <laughs> nothing tastes good yeah absolutely and um, I do want to get to supplements because we had a couple of really good uh, observations and questions about what supplements if any should runners take even just casual runners who are, are, are unaware that they might be depleting their reserves of certain things but we're on number two of the fundamental basics Sonia Sullivan post-run recovery tips so one was basic stretching before you go into the house two is these couple of having the drink ready and refueling uh, that way what's number three number three um, what are we going to now? Well, we'll have to have something to eat, but we've we've covered the eating part before, I think. So, you know, I think, you know, you can get something 
healthy to eat, like fruit, fruit is great, a banana straight away to get inside you and some toast. So, you, <laughs> you, yeah, no, like that is, again, part of, part of number two. I mean, it is once you start to yeah, feel like you're able together, for 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 food that you reckon a banana on toast. Yeah. And real toast, proper toast, mm-hmm. not real, your Brennan's real. toast. OK, so whole meal. So, Sourdough. so is is number three like like this is the thing last night I had the worst night's sleep of my life. I think I had like yesterday was a cheat day for me. So I had a couple of cans of Coke Zero. I know I'm such a bad boy. Well, <laughs> that was you who had that. That was me. <laughs> I, I had Coke Zero because I used to be addicted to it. It's a horrendous drink. It's full of so many chemicals and bits and bobs but it is so addictive it's like smoking fags it's you can't you light one off the next and i i downed a few of them yesterday in celebration at not feeling horrendous and just lay awake for most of the night and i guess that did bring me to thinking about the importance of sleep in in recovery uh, you you're obviously a big lover of it. It's it's every who doesn't. But would you have any thing that you do, or you would recommend to people who are struggling to get proper, deep, restful sleep? I think um, I would try not to have caffeine after three o'clock in the day. Three. Oh, Sonia. <laughs> what time did you have your coke at? Fucking <laughs> ten. I mean, I don't know what it was. I was watching, I was watching that Lupin show on Netflix, which is an unbelievably good show. But three o'clock in the afternoon. What about the, what about the coffee at four or five when you're having your slump? You you would say stop eating caffeine at three. Yeah. So why do you need to be alert after four or five? <laughs> <laughs> True enough. You're probably I'm on the wind down then. Yeah, no. Well, I, 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 that that is another thing. I mean, as as funny as all this is, I I find with the home office and the working from home, you kind of never stop. You, you you we talk about this on the selection box, which is another podcast that I make about recommendations later in the week about not uh, because you don't leave for for the office or go to work that there never is a time when you go and we're done. Uh, so I'll find myself sending emails at 11, half 11, sometimes just before I close my eyes to go to sleep. So maybe having a harder line on, well, that's when I'm going to stop being on uh, is the way to get better sleep. Have you ever struggled? Well, that with is sleep? another thing is to, like go, if you check your email right before you go to bed, there's something going to like there's always I, I I try really hard not to do that because there's always a chance that there's going to be an email come in there that's going to get you thinking oh yeah upset and, you and then you're like in all sorts of trouble yeah you yeah. know so I mean I, I, I know sometimes it could be something urgent and something you have to deal with and particularly I find that you know being here you know when I'm going to bed people are getting up mm. in Ireland and mm. something could come in that they need an answer that day so if I go to bed, they're not going to get the answer until the work day is over in Ireland. But sometimes I just, well, most of the time, I just take that risk and I just go to bed and figure, 
I can deal with it tomorrow. Deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're so uh, reluctant to do that. And I know if it's really urgent, I'll get a WhatsApp. But, yeah, true you know, enough. <laughs> so then I know I have to check the email. Okay, so we'll stick we'll stick good quality sleep down at three. And, you know, that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother podcast series is, is sleep. I know that one thing that Tina and I have used when we're at our most stressed out and when you're running your own business, the people who are listening who know what it's like to run your own business, know that the stress of it is unlike anything else. And you may need a sleep meditation. And I will tell you that that's my tip on the sleep thing. Michelle Sanctuary on YouTube. Michelle talks like this and says, hello, I'm Michelle. This is Michelle Sanctuary and I'm going to talk you to sleep. And I swear, Sonia, you'll be asleep in five minutes. If you can't get to sleep, stick on Michelle Sanctuary. It's done. It is over. Now, Tina also says that my voice has the exact same impact on her. <laughs> so sometimes she'll just make me talk and then she'll nod off. Talk about basketball or something. Um, but Or running. Who knows? Uh, that's number three. Yes. Yeah, running is, is right. Well, really... sleep is good. But then the other part of sleep that is useful in recovery is to actually have it time of relaxation in the day because if you're running early in the morning and then you're not sleeping until you know 12 hours later or more you sometimes you just need a little bit of it and i know we don't all have the time to do this but sometimes maybe the recovery is more important than the eating or mm. you know checking your phone and just having a little bit of a time out where you sit and relax and read a book stretch and there's these new things now that is a magic thing for doing this, getting people to do this. And I've only used these. I only tried them once. And I think you mentioned them to me earlier and then I had to go and look them up. They're these compression boots. Yeah, the you know, inflatable boots. <laughs> inflatable boots. I and so, so love a pair I, of these. I, only, I had a go with these because I was in the house in Teddington where you've been 59 Park Road where yeah. a lot of the athletes pass through and train and go to races from there and this girl Charlotte Perdue had a pair there and so she gave me a go but they trap you to the couch you can't move <laughs> so you've got these boots on you and they come all the way up to your top of your leg yeah and then they inflate and you're so you're connected to this little generator type thing that inflates the boots and then once they're fully inflated there's this pressure that comes against your legs and you can adjust how much pressure you want and then as soon as it reaches a certain pressure it deflates and then it inflates again is it just like i saw keen healy wearing keen healy's mad into them and <laughs> <laughs> the rugby lads seem to love them i think because they take such a pummeling on their legs and it is just about circulation. That's the idea, right? But is it comfortable? Yeah, I mean, it takes a bit of getting used to. Now, I only had one go of it, but I did send a message to Sinead Diver earlier because I wanted to ask her what they were called because when I was talking to myself about them earlier, I kept got all these ads on my phone about them. <laughs> so I've got all these different types of compression boots on coming up on my phone and internet and everything um 
so she said they call compression boots because I thought, you know, are they like, you know, the way you call the mm. vacuum cleaner is the Hoover. So I said, you know, are they called something like the Hoover? <laughs> and he said, yeah, there is a few different types of them. I think Norma Tech was the one yeah, that she said people call refer to them as. Big, big box, and, uh, high, so, high piece Norma Tech pulse yeah. boots. So there's lots of them out there now. They So they can they can trap you to the to the couch for at least half an hour and your legs are out in front of you and there's very little you can do like you can read a book or maybe you could do your emails and stuff hmm. so that's not a bad thing to consider but but um, Sonia, the other have you seen the price can... of them have, oh, a, yeah, have a guess <laughs> have a guess <laughs> and play this play this at home yourselves like <laughs> Athlete, no, I don't have them, and uh, I have no intention of getting them unless somebody sends them to me. One thousand one hundred and ninety-five <laughs> pounds then you'd sterling. Have to transport them around the world with you. <laughs> oh Lord, they, I mean they're they're a real piece of kit, but they obviously must work. I mean they couldn't charge that uh, if if they didn't work. Uh, the other, yeah, no, they've been out for a while, but yeah. they do seem to be fairly popular at the moment. Maybe because a lot of people are at home and they have more time. Well now, sit around. well, now we are talking about gadgetry and uh, bits and bobs and kit. For those of us that don't have, you know, twelve hundred pounds sterling to blow on a pair of inflatable pants. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine your wife's face? <laughs> what inflatable pants? <laughs> the running is getting out of control now. Um, the compression socks and compression tights are heaven, heaven sent, uh, I think. For me, anyway, I've found not wearing compression socks while running, but actually lashing them on afterwards is is the thing. Am I using them right? Am I using them wrong? I don't know. Uh, is that a thing that people do? Yeah, yeah, they definitely work. And you can have the ones that just, you know, like knee high socks or you can even get ones that come all the way up to the top of your legs. Like, if you like. Wow. <laughs> compression tights. They're very tight. and Yeah. Compression <laughs> stockings. Like compression tights. Yeah. But there's no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Come in here now because what Keen is going to be thinking. <laughs> You're going around in these tights that they kind of like. They, they come to the top of your legs. A pair of garters. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they look very strange, Sonia. I'll be totally honest. I don't see myself wearing them, <laughs> but but they do work. They do work. They, like I just thought, tight socks. Are you kidding me? This is the this is the advances in technology, but it is weird how well they work. That like you can actually feel yourself standing taller in, in them, and as tempting as they, you yeah, know, they're great. That you feel like. You feel like they're pushing your legs up, don't you? Hmm. So, so the, what what brand do you recommend? Or are you still, do these still come under the Steigen socks category? Or were they totally just for their uh, fancy colours? No, they actually, they do have long socks, but they're not very tight. Okay. And then I think they tried to go into the compression, but they couldn't quite get the right one. So then they thought, no, this is not our area. We'll leave it to the experts. So... I know lots of the different shoe companies do them. I have a few Nike pairs and I wear them sometimes. I definitely wear them if I have any kind of a sore calf and I feel like I need some support with that. Mm. Um, but there's lots of different compression socks out there now, but I think the tighter, the better. 
Okay. You can get them fitted as well. So, you, oh, really? so you, they they kind of came from medical socks. They, I know when Paula Radcliffe was one of the first people to ever wear these, and you know she used to wear them when she was running the marathon. But she would actually wear medical grade compression socks before you could get a sports brand compression sock. Wow! And then her own little socks over the top of them, and those were you know they'd measure the width of your calf and everything and the length of your leg to get the exact measurements yeah i just um, pulled it and up that, here. that's I mean, one thing the... that you can do with them is you can actually wear them when you're running hmm. so you're starting the recovery process while you're running okay okay because i know that um it was the the kind of footless version that you recommended i get and i have worn those out running because i don't know about oh, you. those are great yeah, yeah they're well. fantastic mm-hmm. because i don't know about you but the the actual compression socks while running felt a little bit too restrictive of the foot itself yeah the foot part can be really tight and that's not very comfortable let's go a little bit because we're running out of time let's go into and i think we'll try and get through as many uh in the group itself uh with answers as we can but uh let's go to rachel calvi asks a very good question i'm currently following a marathon running plan and the rest days say active recovery or strength training what do these actually mean? And this is a great question. Should you be doing yoga or arm workouts or leg workouts? I just don't know what you're meant to do on these days. But I do know that you're not meant to run, <laughs> but you still have to stay active. I've started taking cod liver oil daily and it has made a difference. I think this is a separate thing on supplements. Is this part of the- <laughs> yeah, let's let's take the cod liver oil thing after this. But uh, what do you say to that? Active recovery days, what the hell are you meant to do? Yeah, well, active recovery, it just maintains the routine of being active. And I think active recovery is any activity that you enjoy doing, but at a low intensity. Right. And it just, like, you could do swimming, Swimming is great. Like I'm going swimming tomorrow because my back's been a bit sore. So I know I need to do something to help that. Mm. So I think if you can find some kind of active recovery activity that is also beneficial. So it helps your running, um, takes the pressure off the pounding and everything else. But it also relieves any stresses or aches that you have. And swimming is amazing for that. So I think swimming is good. Cycling can help. Yeah, and but you know it doesn't have to be a proper cycle ride. Mm. You know it can be just doing your errands and stuff, and say, okay, I'm going to go around on my bike today now. And I think it's cycle I, as much as I can. I can hear, I can know what Rachel's saying here in that you you think that act, it's the word active recovery that like when mm-hmm. when she's seeing like yoga and you, you know strength training sessions, that doesn't feel like rest to a degree uh, and that maybe uh, if you are going to do like you said the fun is the is the big element of this that it's got to be something that you actually go oh that'll be a bit of crack to do it it shouldn't feel like work I know when I was at home in Cove during the summer and um, I'd have my rest days and I have my active recovery days and I was going out on the bike with the triathlon club and I would go out and my mindset was oh no, this is just a recovery cycle but you had to keep up, otherwise you'd be riding around by yourself. Hmm. So it was a pretty hard recovery session. But because it wasn't running, it still was semi-recovery, even though it might have been a hard bike ride. Um, gotcha. So you couldn't, you know, as long as you're not doing that all the time and you're not killing yourself, 
as long as it's something that you enjoy and you're having fun with and it breaks up the monotony of going for a run every day, it's going to be beneficial to you. And, and yoga and strength work, I suppose, working on any weaknesses that you have that, you see, running is something that it never helps any weaknesses that you have. It mm-hmm. kind of beats you up and wears you down. Mm-hmm. So an active recovery day is a day that it's not a rest day. It's not where you're just sitting around doing nothing. You still have to have that at least an hour in the day where you're going to do something and you feel like you're getting some benefit from it, but it's not taking anything from you. So right. it's given, it's some kind of an activity that gives you more than it takes from you. So you should feel a bit more kind of energized after having a day like that. Because if you just take a recovery day as a rest day and you do nothing, sometimes you can feel a bit kind of lethargic and kind of, you don't feel very good when you do that. So that's, I think, why you need to have these active recovery days so that your mind thinks that you're doing something, but it's a much lower intensity than any run that you do. Okay, well, I think that's, um, you know, worth the price of admission alone there for the listeners that just clearing up what active recovery days should look like is is big. I know as you were saying that there, I was writing it down going, this just has to be part of it. It's just there's no way there's no way to um, to go further without these. Uh, sitting around is the temptation, but it's obviously detrimental to, to things. I'll take the second part of Rachel's question and we'll call it a day once we deal with this supplements thing. Because she says she'd been taking this cod liver oil and she found that it made a difference because apparently it helps joints. And she said she was running with a knee support in the summer and was told by a man on the road in Mayo, I wouldn't be able to walk when I'm older. <laughs> I would have to get a knee transplant, he said. Uh, and I was just in the way of his tractor, I think. <laughs> which, you know, there's a, there's a bigger lesson in there for Rachel, which is don't listen to wild eyed men on the roads of Mayo with their with their physio advice. They tend to be a little dramatic in their prognosis. But the cod liver oil thing is about... Uh, supplements. I mean, this there's so many conflicting views on what you should and shouldn't be taking. I went down a rabbit hole before we went on air with uh, magnesium, which is apparently the elixir of life and that we're all losing loads of magnesium. We're not even aware of it. And that if you take it, you will recover immediately from running. Uh, now, I'm being silly here, but what would you say, Sonia, to people who have submitted questions saying, I need to know what supplements might help me? Well, I think if we start with the cod liver oil, I mean, that's probably one of the many essential oils that we need and that help to keep your joints and everything lubricated. And that's probably what this old man was getting on about was you need to oil your joints. So some cod liver oil. And there's actually one, I think it's Eskimo oil is a very good one. And it's got all these essential omega-3s and omega-6s. And I think, like anything, if you take it regularly, you will definitely see a benefit from it um, if you believe that it's doing something for you. Magnesium, I always find, I take that for cramps and things like that. So sometimes I find if I'm sleeping, I get a cramp in my calf. And to me, that's like a reminder that I'm missing some nutrient or mineral and 
my go-to would be magnesium or a banana or, you know, yeah. something that has magnesium in it. Um, but definitely magnesium I would have in the cupboard and zinc for, you know, to kind of fend off any colds and things like that. And I think vitamin C is supposed to be one of those that it's, you know, it's one of the most basic vitamins out there. You can have it through your lemons and your oranges, or you can actually take a supplement to, to boost your immune system, particularly, you know, now in the wintertime and, you know, when we are all trying to stay fit and healthy and fend off any kind of colds or infections is, is a good idea to have that as well. And then in Ireland and possibly England as well, you know, with the lack of the sun in the wintertime and the shorter days, vitamin D is something that a lot of people are recommending to take. So what about if I was like, okay, I definitely want to get some of these vitamins into me, but I don't want to be taking a handful of tablets. Uh, Would uh, one of those, what are they called, Centrum type of multivitamin tablets be a good idea? Yeah, I think when I was running in the 90s and Marcus O'Sullivan, no relation from Cork as well, great runner he used to swear by pharmaton which is a multivitamin and he whenever he would come over to europe because he was based in america he'd always be down to boots and buying the pharmaton and i think that's a good general multivitamin Hmm. you know so i think it's really good to speak to the pharmacist and the chemist or to go to your health shop and you know ask them what's the good quality vitamins here and you're better off you know having a few really good quality ones that might be a little bit more expensive than going for, you know, multi-buy cheap vitamins because there's probably a lot of fillers and stuff in there. And, um, you know, I think you can be seasonal with these vitamins and minerals as well. And some of them you probably require at different times of the year. I always find if you keep taking the same ones all the time that your body gets used to them. So I change things up a bit or I'll have a break from it. Um, Iron is also another good one for um, runners because of all the pounding. You're always breaking down the red blood cells. So you need to, you know, make sure you have a lot of iron inside you. Okay, well, um, I mean, Sonia, we've given so much today and yet we've still got tons and tons of questions on this subject. So we're going to have to revisit recovery again, maybe after the Lent event, which I'll set up now and get that going, because I do think that'll be a lot of fun to have everybody give up their treats for the 40 days to see if it impacts on their PB on Easter Sunday. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope... uh, Moving house isn't absolutely wrecking your head. I've always thought of it as uh, it should be included in the criminal justice system as a form of punishment. It's just the absolute pits because it's 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 never ending. To... <laughs> I think it's, wrecking, it's wrecking my back. I think is what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. It pummels your body as well. I just built. I just built my second bed yesterday. You know, I had a, I had Nick. He was holding it gently there at one point, but I was the one down on the hands and knees. You know, putting it all together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I have, I'm the tech. Uh, I'm the technical manual worker in this house. Okay. Yeah, I Mikey had a cot that I put together on four separate occasions, and on 
both two twice I thought about setting fire to the house and just walking away uh, I got so angry with it uh, so my heart goes out to you I will say a big shout out to everybody who donated to my I Donate page for the Irishman Running Abroad Challenge it is hard to believe that we're actually like 25% of the way there and the averages are good if I keep going at that average we will hit the 2000 kilometres within a year the absolute bananas to do it so thank you to everyone who has done that Selection Box as I said as our recommendations podcast with Tom Dunn recommending music Owen Doherty and Rory Cashin recommending film and TV Ethna Shorthall on books and Una Minkavna on tech look out for that later in the week we're bringing in a new podcast this week called Throwback Thursdays where I dip into the archive of Irishman Abroad episodes and play a little chunk of one of our classics. Uh, Friday is of course our Irishman Abroad Comedy Club and this week this is more a bring joy event than a make loads of money event. It's about making money alright. It's for making money for charities on the front line of this pandemic. So every penny of profit from these gigs goes to those charities that are doing jobs that governments can't do at the moment. We are allowing teachers in free this week. So if you've got a teacher who wants to go and have a laugh this Friday night, just get them to go to the return of the return of the crack dot com. Sonia, thank you so much for this. Uh, Sorry for all the shout outs at the end there. We have a lot, a lot going on this week. But thank you again for the PB event. I, I can't believe we did it in that weather and that it went so well. I wish you the very best of luck this week and a shout out to Brian Connolly for production, Tina and Mikey for making it all possible and we'll see you back here again next Tuesday. Thanks very much. We'll chat to you next week. Yeah, chat to you then, Sonia. All the best.
and he sits by his window and thinks to himself how it's strange that some rooms are like cages. Sonny's yearbook from high school is down from the shelf, and he idly thumbs through the pages. Some have died, some have fled from themselves, or struggled from here to get there. Sonny wanders beyond his interior walls, runs his hands through his thinning brown hair. Well, I'm accustomed to a smoother act, or maybe I'm a dog who's lost his pride. I don't expect to be treated like a fool no more. I don't expect to sleep the night. Some people say a lie is just a lie, but I say the cross is in the ballpark. Why deny the obvious? 